You are listening to the weekly broadcast of Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. This week we have a short conclusion to our series, Christ, Let Earth Receive Her King. With this week's message, here's Senior Pastor Lance Bourgeois. Tonight we've lit these candles, hope and peace, joy and love. Those candles are significant because the fifth candle, the Christ candle, is where those questions are ultimately answered. If you think about our world today, go back to the day before our very first Christmas, and our world is looking for those same four things, hope and peace, joy and love. The difference for us would be this, right? The day before the first Christmas, there was no uh, reality for that. That had not happened yet. Our world today... We celebrate the birth of Christ, and yet we still find a world where our world is looking for hope, peace, joy, and love. The world was just as dark then as maybe it feels like now, but we have a Savior. We know where hope, peace, joy, and love are found. We spent the last several weeks in preparation for this morning where we've been looking at these things, that talking about the preeminence of Christ, if there was a reason to celebrate the birth of this child, there will be children born all over the world today. Why do we celebrate? Why is a calendar change over the birth of this one child? What makes him so utterly unique? We've been talking about the preeminence of Jesus Christ with the idea that if we could understand what this child means, what this child did, what he brought us, then we could appreciate the gift of this child all that much more. We spent the last several weeks walking through uh, Paul's letters to the Colossians in chapter 2, where he talks about Christ's preeminence over three specific areas that in this world that you and I are living in today, these still things are just as real and create just as much darkness as they were creating back when Paul wrote this. The very first of those was Jesus' preeminence over philosophy. If you think with me, there's always a new trend. There's always a new school of thought. There's always something else that we need to be chasing. Because why? Because we recognize that whatever questions we come up with, whatever we decide is the meaning of life, the purpose of life, what our goals are, they all come up empty. So we have to keep coming up with new ones. Because our answers that we come up with are always inadequate. Paul wrote about it this way in Colossians chapter 2. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world, and not according to Christ. See to it that no one takes you captive. All of us have been there. You may feel like you're there today. That something has led you away from Christ. We are chasing all of these human traditions in this world. The idea almost is that we were lassoed. Make no mistake, in this world, there are more lassos than we can count. And every one of them is trying to pull us away from Christ. When Solomon writes that there's no end to the reading of books, there's never an end to that. It's exhausting. Well, let me learn this. Let me learn this new way to relate to life. This is the answer to life. It's exhausting. And all of it leads us away from Christ. It all takes us captive. It all lassos us away from him. 
Which is why when Jesus comes and he says these words, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to me and let me give you rest. Find peace in me. Find hope and peace and joy and love in me. I know you're searching for him. Come to me. Let me carry that that you may find rest because apart from me, there is no rest. The following week, we looked at legalism, the idea that you and I could somehow be good enough, we could perform well enough, that maybe we wouldn't need a Savior, that we could just do it, we could just figure it out, we could get our act together, and we'd be enough, we'd be sufficient. And yet Paul writes this in Colossians 2, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival, a new moon or a Sabbath. Those are just a shadow of all things that were to come. But the substance belongs to Christ. Could you imagine believing that somehow food or drink or the abstaining from food or drink could be enough to lead us to salvation? We wouldn't have needed Jesus. We just needed to get our act together. With regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, you know what stands out to me? A new moon festival would have been a pagan festival, a Sabbath ordained by God for rest, that we would enter into rest, that we would actually trust him, that he was competent and sufficient to care for us and meet our needs. And yet he puts that in the same list. Because maybe, just maybe, it's possible within the idea that we could have this behavioral faith that behaviorally could bring us our salvation. Maybe, just maybe, the idea of a moon festival bringing salvation is on the same level as a Sabbath. If we just go through the Sabbath as a practice or a behavior that's somehow divorced from Jesus Christ. See, it changed everything. Because what we know is this. I'm taking a step here, but I would imagine that everybody watching, listening, has the idea of knowing what failure feels like. And there is a U-Haul of shame and guilt that we pull around behind us all the time. Man, if I had it over to, to do it all over again, I'd do it differently. I sure would like a mulligan on that. I wish I could have made a different choice. Which is why when Jesus, who not only said, come to me and I will give you rest, when Jesus is on the cross and we're told that he cries out with a loud voice, it is finished. Cries out with a loud voice. Because he was born not to go to the cross. He was born to redeem us that we might live eternally with him. And the cross was part of the deal. He wasn't surprised by it. He always knew that was part of the deal. And he still loved you and me enough to know that I will go to this earth as a child and grow up and I will go to that cross because I want to live eternally with them. That's why when he says it is finished, he sets us free from all of that guilt and shame, all of the times where we did not perform well, all the times where we failed. And he unhooks the U-Haul force and says, it's over, it's done with, it's finished. Which is an amazing truth. In that message, we talked about the fact that it speaks of the completed action. When he said it, It was done. It was over. It was paid for. All of it. All of it was paid for. 
Now, that verb tense shows us not only that it was completed action, it shows that there is an ongoing present result. And not only was finished on that day 2,000 years ago, it was finished yesterday, it's finished again today, it will be finished again tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. It will never not be finished. Which is why when you and I carry around our ID cards of failure, I'm a failure, I messed up, I did this wrong, I failed here, I didn't perform well. I don't know what ID card you're carrying around. Some of us are carrying around ID cards that somebody else gave us. They're a reminder of our failures. I know this, that when John, who wrote the gospel, when he came to grips with his new ID card, it no longer had any of his failure. It was all about Jesus Christ. And he said on his card, I'm the one that that Jesus loves. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves because he was set free from that. Because all legalism will do is tell you how you fail. The third one was over some false spirituality. Our world is enamored with spirituality. A lot of them are trying to find it apart from Christ. To that, Paul writes in Colossians 2, is that these people who hold to a false spirituality are not holding fast to the head, Jesus Christ, for whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. Growth is growth from God. That's the only growth that happens. We cling to him. We don't cling to our behaviors. We don't cling to ancient practices of mysticism. We cling to Christ. He's the head. Hope, peace, joy, love, all found in him. Because the philosophies don't measure up. Legalism doesn't get us there. A false spirituality doesn't get us there. Because not only did Jesus say, I give you rest, not only did he say it's finished and unhook our U-Haul of shame and guilt, he gave us a new ID card. What's that ID card? Well, Jesus would say it this way, I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from the Father, I've made known to you. We have the capacity to carry around a card, our ID card that says, I'm a friend of Christ. See, when we gather this morning to celebrate the gift of Christ, this fifth candle, that we've lit, that we're going to light all the candles in this room to tonight. Paul tells us exactly who Christ is. We covered in this study Colossians chapter 2. Now we're going to look back at Colossians chapter 1. Here's what Paul records for us. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. He is, Jesus Christ is, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Who is this Christ child? He's the creator, the one who spoke all of creation into existence. And I wonder what you may be thinking there today. Well, Christ may be able to do some things, but he certainly can't answer this question. And I would ask the question, really? He's the creator. He spoke everything that we see into existence. He's the very image of the invisible God. We see God because we can see Christ. He's firstborn over all creation. That doesn't mean that he was born. He's preeminent. He's Lord of all. He's creator of everything. Those things that we can see, the things we can't see, visible and invisible. Is he sovereign? You bet he's sovereign. He's over every throne, dominion, ruler, and authority. He has no rival. He has no competitor. It's who our Savior is. 
And if you're looking around at our world and saying, I wonder how we haven't come unraveled yet, the answer is this. In him, all things are held together. He is the sustainer of everything that you and I see in this world. That's our Savior. That's this Christ child. Paul goes on to write about his lordship. Listen to these words. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in everything he may be preeminent. For in him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of Christ. He's Lord. He's fully God. He's fully man, laying in a manger as a child. The humility to come and take on this role. Why? So that he could be the reconciliator that he is to reconcile all things to himself. And if you're wondering this Christmas about hope, peace, joy, and love, and you're saying, I've never experienced those things, that's all this world can offer is a lack of hope, a lack of peace, a lack of joy, and a lack of love. That's why Jesus came. That's why we celebrate the gift of this child. Know this. Whether you're watching online, whether you're in this room, God loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth as an infant, the sovereign, the creator, the fullness of God, the sustainer, creator of everything as a child so they could go to that cross, not because that was the point of his life, but to redeem you and me, that was the point of his life so that we could have a relationship with him. Because Paul goes on to explain our past, our present, and our future. See if you can hear him. And you who were once, past tense, alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, that's all of our past. Here's your present. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. If we know Christ, that's our present. To what end? Listen to the future. In order that he may present us holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That's the gift of this child, which is why Jesus could say, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of light. Because this world is dark. You know that. I know that. Philosophies, legalisms, false spirituality, that just all adds to the darkness. But when the light came, he turned on the lights for us. We all of a sudden have been set free from those philosophies and legalisms and false spirituality. And we can this Christmas enter into the greatest gift ever given. Jesus Christ, the preeminence of who he is and this child that offers us rest that told us it was finished. He offers us a new identity. What's that? You and I can be the friend of Jesus. And that's what we celebrate here today. You've been listening to the weekly broadcast of Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. You can join us for worship Sunday mornings at our campus on Stone Lake Drive in Wichita Falls. Stream services live online at gracechurch.com or subscribe to our podcast published on Apple, Google, and Spotify. From all of us at Grace Church, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.